0: Welcome to the Chaya Podcast, a sacred platform where Jewish-Iranian changemakers turn taboo topics into transformational opportunities for the community. I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar, a licensed psychotherapist with a private practice in Century City. And I'm also the co-founder of Chaya, a community of intimate gatherings for Jewish-Iranians to experience meaningful connection and deepen their sense of self. Chaya invites you to exercise four core intentions when attending or tuning into our vibes compassion, courage, open mindedness, and growth. But Chaya is not just for Persian Jews, it's a platform for any listener who comes from a collectivistic background. What do we mean by collectivistic? Well, if you grew up valuing the family or community over yourself, guess what? You grew up in a collectivistic culture. The intention of this podcast is to support our listeners by challenging the rules our parents and community taught us to buy into for the best life. Instead, let's decide from a more conscious place in our souls which practices we want to keep, which ones we want to let go of, and how we can own those decisions with grace so that we can thrive in more fulfilling and authentic lives. This is the Chaya Podcast, and I'm your hostess, Nicole Napovar. podcast. I am here with Hava Balor Rahimian. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified life coach and relationship coach with a private practice in Santa Monica, California. Um, she went to USC for her master's in family therapy. She's been licensed for over 10 years. She's a total badass and she also happens to be my cousin. Um, so excited <laughs> to have her here. She is is doing amazing work helping singles um, look for and explore who they are, understand themselves. Uh, she also helps people who are dealing with anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and her passion is to work with couples who are contemplating marriage and looking for premarital counseling. So I'm so excited to have you here. And I can't wait to kind of jump in with you a little bit today on the topic of marriage and what, it does, what does it even mean to kind of get ready for marriage in general. Right.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This is such a treat and it's such an honor to be here with you and with the Haya family. So thank, thank you. you for having me. And I'm excited to talk about this. I don't think there's enough conversation that happens with uh, regards to the difference between being married and having a marriage. Mm-hmm. I think... They're very different things. And it's important that as a community, we start to really understand the differences mm-hmm. and even figure out, like, do we even want to get married? Is that mm-hmm. something that is important to us? So it's, it's really an honor, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yay. Yay. <laughs>
0: so I would love to just kind of hop in and ask you, what are some trends that you're seeing in the Persian Jewish community when it comes to sort of our generation getting married and by our generation I mean mine mm-hmm. which is like you know Not 20s mine. and 30s and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I know you've had you have a beautiful marriage mm-hmm. with your husband and a beautiful family and you guys have been together for some time and every time I see you guys out I'm just so inspired oh. by your flow and um, how you guys are with one another it's That's very inspiring. Very sweet thank you for saying that
1: You know, there's some things that have changed a lot since I was dating, which and for the better. I think people are a lot more open with their relationships. There's not a lot of hiding going on. When I was dating my Mm. husband, everybody was in hiding. Nobody knew what was going on with anybody, and Mm. it was really sad because it was like there was so much secrecy and, you know, just unnecessary secrets being held about about something that's really kind of special and and why not share that? So I think that's one of the things I've noticed that's been uh, moving in a positive direction is people are a lot more free and open with their relationships and kind of like out there with it. And I love that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the similar things that I dealt with are still in effect. I think there's a lot of this over attention to perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I think the community really, really thrives on that and needs that to be real. Mm -hmm. And perfectionism doesn't exist. And there's a lot of shame in being imperfect and having flaws and not having a perfect relationship. And I think that bleeds into the dating world. So I think that's big ch- a big challenge and also comparing relationships to other people, you know. That was a problem when I was go, you know, going through the process of meeting and finding my husband and I think it hasn't changed much. There's still that grass is greener kind of thing mm-hmm. and I think it's really damaging to mm-hmm. I mean, it's comparison is a kill joy. Mm-hmm. It kills joy. There's mm-hmm. and gratitude. There's no way you can remain grateful and be in a joyous kind of space and also be comparing yourself to other people, whether that's on an individual basis or as a couple. So I think these are some things that as a community, we really need to start to really look at and understand, like are they serving us in the best way possible or is this kind of something that we need to start to let go of a little bit Mm -hmm. um, for the benefit of our own Well-being and our relationships and our our mental health too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think going back to your first point, I think yeah, our generation is becoming much more open about, you know, we'll post on Instagram if we're like dating someone, Um, and many of us still don't. And I don't think there's a right or wrong to that. I think privacy can be a beautiful thing, and it can keep your relationship really sacred but I think if you are not sharing your life out of shame it's a very different thing Mm -hmm. out of fear out of you know judgment exactly so yeah I love that absolutely and you're right there's a big
1: distinction between trying to protect the relationship and a boundary that you're setting Mm -hmm. because you're trying to protect it and it's what makes you feel safe and connected versus you know it being from fear or from shame or anything like that
0: yeah yeah I don't know if this was a thing for your generation, but for our generation, there are still a lot of people who are, you know, settling and not in like a good way. (laughs) It's like the settling and like, Mm. you know, they're getting proposed to and or they're getting married to someone that feels like a no Mm -hmm. for them in their body, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering for. Someone who is in a relationship that feels like a no Mm -hmm. or feels like a very consistent maybe, you know, is there any way that people can kind of navigate that? And like, what are some tips for that? Well, that's, that's really,
1: I don't want to say shocking because it's not shocking. I mean, you know, people go through relationships all the time without really wanting to be there, but feel like perhaps it's their only option or that they don't have any other, you know, what if I let this go? I'm not going to get anything as good as this or mm-hmm. better than this. I think a lot of it could stem from a deep fear of, of loneliness and being alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also stem from, you know, something that was something as a child and being, you know, anxious about that, that lack of connection with another person mm-hmm. you know I think the bet the biggest tip I can share with that is for those people who feel like they're in that situation um, try and spend as much time getting to know what you really want and be true to yourself and really work on strengthening your own voice about why this is a no where is that coming from you know what what's kind of stopping you what is it that is not a yes here mm-hmm. and really lean into that and learn a little bit more about it mm-hmm. um, I think it will be very telling to you know understanding yourself and understanding why you're having these reactions to this situation
0: you yeah know? I love that just like getting curious about yourself and yeah. about the relationship
1: yeah I mean it's telling you something You know, if you're feeling like you have to say yes when you really don't want to, Mm -hmm. that's a sign that something's not right. And let's figure out what exactly that is. Is it about you? Is it about the person that, you know, you're with? Like, what exactly is going on?
0: Yeah, or is it just like the chemistry between you guys or the way the dynamic is in the relationship? Right,
1: or is it an expectation, like maybe your parents have that this is the right person for you and if you don't follow through with it you're making a mistake and so are you playing into that you know what i mean so i think those are all different ways and different options but you don't know until you really start to delve into some of that
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely i'm curious to know i think you mentioned at the beginning mm-hmm. there there can be a difference between Someone who wants to get married versus someone who wants to have a marriage. Yes. And big difference. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So I think the concept of these are two very
1: different concepts. So the way I like to look at it is getting married is an event. So it could be as simple as going to the courthouse and filling out paperwork and then you're married. And it could be as grand as having a three-day event in the (laughs) south of France, okay? But at the end of the day, it's an event. There's a beginning and there's an end to it. Mm -hmm. A marriage is a journey. A marriage is a process. Mm. And it is, there is, I mean, obviously there's a beginning and an end, but it's not as concrete as that. And um, I, I really think that, we as a community don't spend enough time understanding the difference and really focusing on the marriage. And the event of the wedding and the being married is a beautiful thing. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people spend more time focusing on that wedding, that's four hours, Mm -hmm. than, you know, really thinking about a lifetime with someone. And what does that include? What does that involve? What does that mean? You know, there's a lot of meaning that people hold in their minds about what a marriage is. Mm-hmm. And these meanings come from all over. It can come from um, popular culture, it can come from our families. And I think especially with popular culture, it's this like polarized understanding of what marriage is. Either it's like you're running through the meadow with, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with like rainbows and unicorns all around and it's just bliss all the time. Or it's like the Bundy show, Ted Bundy. I mean, this is way Mm -hmm. back in the day, but like, Mm -hmm. you know the wife is nagging and the husband's annoyed and she never wants to have sex and he's like not listening to her and he's trying to run away from her. And I mean, like you couldn't get more polarized than that. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain level of like, I think sometimes it's way too romanticized and, It's really just getting real with what a marriage really is versus I want to be married because also I have this idea about what that means. Mm -hmm. So really understanding the definitions of those meanings in your own mind and figuring out, okay, where am I here with Mm -hmm. all of this Mm -hmm. and getting to the root of that. Yeah, I
0: think, you know, with getting that difference of like getting married versus having a marriage, I feel like getting married is the event, it's the last name, it's the status, Mm -hmm. it's the ring, it's the The wedding wedding. planning and the dress and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think having a marriage is your life together, your values together, your goals together Mm -hmm. throughout the lifetime, your roles together, Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, So, I mean, that kind of takes me to my next question, which is, so, for those of us who haven't been married, mm-hmm. like, and you say having a marriage is, it's a very specific or like it, it has its own meaning. Yeah, And yeah, I think we do, we all go into marriage with expectations and fantasies mm-hmm. and ideas of what it's going to be. And then it ends up being something else. Yes. Of course. Yeah. So what's the difference, you know, for someone who wants to understand or wants to be of the school more of like, I want to have a marriage. Mm-hmm. What do they need to sort of be thinking about? Um, that's a really great question. i think um I think thinking about
1: what is it that you want your marriage to look like? you know like um and I'm not talking about a fantasy, but really figuring out what your values are, what's important to you. And what isn't important to you? You know, I think in our culture and in our community, so many things are kind of put on us like this should be important to you. This is an important thing. If you have this in your marriage, you're going to be very happy and you're going to be very successful. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case for everybody.
0: So can we identify what some of those things are? Sure. Um, <laughs> financial
1: stability will make you happy and have a successful marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, social status is going to have a positive effect on your married life. Mm-hmm. Having children is going to have a positive effect on your married life. Having a lot of fla- like friends and being social is going to be, you know, a Mm -hmm. positive thing in your marriage and it's going to lead you down this happy path. So these are just some, you know, basic ideas about what is expected and not necessarily the case. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that financial security isn't important in a marriage. Of course it is. You know, financial stress is like the number one cause of marital discord and, (laughs) you know, and divorce. I mean, that's reality.
0: Yeah. The top two reasons why. Yeah. Couples go to therapy is because they're having problems with money or they're having problems with sex. Exactly.
1: Those are the two. Yep. So um, I think if you expect, you know, finances to be the only thing that is going to give you a happy and long-lasting marriage, it's not. You're tripping. Yeah, you're tripping <laughs> because <laughs> money goes away like that. Mm-hmm. It does never last. So there has to be some, you know, kind of um, – Shared value and shared idea about what it means to have a marriage. What is it that's important to you? Having these conversations. And it's funny because when I was dating Paul, a friend of mine gave me a book and it was called Will Our Love Last? Mm. And she's like, you need to read this book and you guys should talk about this. And it was all about the different kinds of compatibility that exist within relationships and it was such a gift that she gave me because nobody talked about this stuff back then. I mean, God bless my parents were wonderful, but like nobody sat me down and was like, are you compatible with him in this way? (laughs) Like, no, I kind of had to figure it out by myself. Right. And, um, and I remember like sitting him down at the Starbucks and, you know, I had the book and I'm like, so what are your thoughts about money? (laughs) How do you like to spend money? Like, seriously, we went through this whole thing and, You start to understand, okay, this person shares the same values as I have, you Mm -hmm. know, with, and there's a whole bunch of different, you know, levels of compatibility with different aspects of your relationship. But I think just being open and having the conversation about this stuff and not just pushing it aside and being like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. You're not doing yourself a favor by Mm -hmm. avoiding it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to, it's going to come back. And. It's going to want your attention yeah. either sooner or later. And the sooner, the better, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned.
0: So what are some, I think this kind of is alluding to this question, but yeah. what are some blind spots our generation is having when it comes to discussing marriage and knowing if we're truly a fit? I know you mentioned yeah. money is one of yeah. them. Yeah,
1: I think some of the taboos that we have in this community are the, are the blind spots.
0: Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think if it's like
1: taboo, it's also like, let me close my eyes and not talk about it. So, um, I, like I said, money is a big one. And look, money, it's not just about how much you have and how you spend it, but people have a lot of emotional connection to money. Mm-hmm. It means something uh, different means some, to everyone. Absolutely. To every single person. And, you know, again, I'll tell you when I was dating. Paul, um, he's going to be like, really? You're, like, talking about all that, <laughs> that he cares. But um, but he, he and I went out one day. And so when I was living with my parents, my f- father used to give me an allowance, right? And so um, I remember when we had first got married, I was, like, I was talking to him. And I'm like, so what's this? How does the allowance thing work? And he looked at me like I was on another planet. <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I hadn't, I just thought that that's what I've, that's what it was. Like, that was my perspective. That was my reality. Mm -hmm. And I realized, well, that's not, it has no mean, that has no meaning to him. Like an allowance is like, you're not a five-year-old. You don't need an allowance, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think having the conversation about what does money mean to you? How do you spend it? What do you value? You know, do Mm -hmm. you value, um, big homes or do you value small cozy homes? Do you Mm -hmm. value vacations or not, you know, yeah. like public school education, private school education. Like all of this stuff is so important to talk about. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'm not talking about like the first date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as you see your your relationship is moving in positive long-term, you know, perspective and process, it's important to have these conversations. So money is one of them. Sex is another one. Um, I don't know. I I, I'm, I think that this has changed a bit since I was you know, in that world, but this concept of being a virgin before getting married and all of that, like, I think definitely having the conversation about what does sex mean to you? You know, do you, are you someone who wants to have sex all the time? How often
0: do you want to have sex? Like, you know, talk about it. Yeah. Um, so interesting. Um, you know, one of the questions I ask my clients when they're kind of also navigating this mm -hmm. is, ask your partner you know if you had to start saving money what's the first thing that you would cut Mm. and if you had like a surplus of money what's the first thing that you would want to spend more Mm -hmm. money on yeah and it tells you a lot about what they value and what they don't value as much yeah um and as far as sex yeah i think you know even just like uh, you know there was another exercise i did with a bunch of couples on I asked all of them to individually write, like, how often they want to have sex and how often they're actually having Mm -hmm. it. And I put all the numbers on the board, like, anonymously, and none of the numbers matched. Because (laughs) everyone, every couple has, like, within that couple, people want to have different amounts of sex. And they want... Um, And their, like, ability to historically, like, like, recollect how often they're having it is also so (laughs) off. (laughs) Yeah. They think
1: one thing, but the reality is something very different. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, these things change over time, too. There's ebbs and flows and whatever, but it's good to have some idea about, this is a form of connection for me. Like, for me, this is how I feel loved, how I feel, you know, connected to you. And and that, you know, that could be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know when you're going into it what, what exactly that, that entails. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another, you know, another taboo um, slash blind spot, I would say, is spirituality, mm. you know? Um, And and whatever that means to people, I think that means different things to different people. But where are you on that scale of spirituality or or your connection to your religion? Uh, I think mismatched can be very challenging
0: in a relationship and in a marriage. Do you feel like that's more from the ritual standpoint or like the tradition or the observance standpoint? Or do you feel like that also affects mentality, you know? Um, I think it could be
1: both, honestly. I think it's a way of absolutely connecting to rituals and, and you know, um, traditions. And I think for some people, it is so deeply ingrained in how they think and how they mm-hmm. see the world mm-hmm. and the choices they make, you know. I, th- I And I've seen this with people that I know, like, both can even come from the same religious background, but one is more maybe more a conservative than the other or one is more observant than the other and it it creates a lot of friction mm-hmm. you know because you're not
0: sharing those same traditions in the same way you know yeah. what I mean I mean I know from a belief standpoint also I know couples that broke up or really saw it as like a almost deal breaker that one partner really believed in God and the other one didn't at all. Exactly. You know? Of course. You know, how how could
1: you, and not just from an individual one-to-one perspective, but if this couple is planning on having children, mm-hmm. how does that play into the way that they raise their children with what values that they want to raise them with, mm-hmm. you know? This is all stuff that, you know, you don't think about right away, but if children are in the future for, for couples, it's really important to understand how this particular aspect of your relationship will play out with your relationship with your kids. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know? Yeah. And it can be very um, confusing. I've seen families with children whose parents are very different on the scale of spirituality and practice and... It's confusing to the kids. Like, okay, is it this or is it that or what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it leaves them feeling a little disenchanted by the whole thing and, you know, maybe kind of is like, eh, I could leave this, you know? Mm -hmm. And it it actually creates less of a connection to what you're trying to create within the family, which is a spiritual connection for your kids too. Yeah. You know? That's
0: really interesting.
1: Yeah. I think mental illness is another one. Mm. Unfortunately, this goes back to the perfectionistic kind of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mental illness is not talked about enough in our community. There's so much shame about, around it. There's so much secrecy surrounding those who suffer from mental illness. And I think if you're in a relationship with someone and it's important to know if there's mental illness in their family. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a really big part of them. And there's no judgment about it. It is what it is. You know, it's it's just part of like, I mean, if someone has heart disease, like it's something they've done or, you know, or some other, you know, something that is out of their control. So I think mental illness and having the conversation and really understanding Um, the implications is really important Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. not being scared of it and not feeling like you know it needs to be hidden or you know swept under the rug like there's this belief that okay I'm not marriageable if I have some sort of you know uh, illness in my family whatever that may be Mm -hmm. whether it's mental illness or some sort of you know physical thing so I think there's a big need for that to become a little bit more normalized like guys people deal with this stuff all the time
0: yeah and I think everyone is kind of on a spectrum it's not like you have something or you don't Mm -hmm. like you know I think of course we're all kind of if you look at bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. for example it's a more extreme version of like you're either manic or you're depressed but the truth is like on a smaller scale I think we're all kind of going through our own of course cycles. Yeah. Um,
1: and we all have different ways of managing them and dealing with them and some do better and some need more help. And yeah, you know, there's no shame in that. Yeah. You know? I think
0: that's also really interesting is like, what is your comfort with like, okay, if you do have a mental illness, like what is your comfort with your partner taking medication or not taking medication? exactly, or Self-medicating or any of those things? Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: that's going to be your reality. And mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's really the more like, kind of open-handed people can be about who they are, in all aspects, the better off you are because you're not, you know, you're you're going in with your cards out on the table and being very open about it and being very vulnerable with it, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, this is with someone that you feel safe with, as someone who has, you know, um, expressed you enough that you know they're going to handle that with care but at the end of the day the more you can openly share these things with with your people you know the relationships um i think the healthier it can be in the long run mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i think the other ones are really more about like family dynamics and You know, what are the expectations of your family? Does your mom expect us to go there every Friday night for Shabbat dinner? You know, like all of this stuff is really important to talk about the family and what the obligations are and what are you going to be kind of stepping into. Mm-hmm. you know are there family traditions that you need to know about that are going to affect you somehow is there a family mm-hmm. vacation every year that you need to be aware of you know like yeah totally and it's not so much a taboo but i think sometimes you know there are certain things that each family has their own ways of doing things and it's just nice to have that yeah information. i think
0: um one of the stickier ones when it comes to family is like um you know if you and your partner have an issue with each other's in-laws, mm. you know, how who's how is that going to get navigated? Right. Is your partner going to be the one to address it with his family if they did something or you did something <laughs> that didn't sit well with someone? Right. You know, or are you going to address it? Or are you, is this stuff that isn't really talked about yeah. in your family? You know, like yeah. how do you navigate that stuff Absolute. together also? That's a great
1: point, yeah, is finding how to manage each other's families, when Mm -hmm. there's conflict or there's whatever, a disagreement, who's Mm -hmm. in charge of what, and all the little nuanced things that we don't always know about if, you know, unless you ask. Mm -hmm. You don't know until you ask, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's not, and sometimes, I mean, it doesn't come up and you have to bring it up. It doesn't just naturally, like this conversation may not even come up until way into like a really you know, long-term relationship that's, like, into the marriage even may never yeah. even come up, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it's always good to kind of get it somewhat out into the open and have, like, a hypothetical conversation about it, mm-hmm. you know? And even throw in some humor in there just so lighten. it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way... <laughs> You know, so good, yeah. Yeah.
0: Humor is such a a resilient factor in in a
1: marriage or any relationship,
0: it's a good diffuser for sure, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. Um, so how can you know someone who's single Mm -hmm. listening to this episode prepare for a successful marriage versus someone who might be in a relationship right now? Okay, well, I think for those,
1: I'm going to talk about the singles first. You know, I have a few tips that I think are just important for pretty much anyone, whether you're in a marriage or uh, in a relationship or not. But if you're single, I think the most important thing single people can do is invest in therapy or life coaching and really start to understand your own history and your own family dynamics. And get curious about your past and especially your upbringing. Your upbringing, with your f- with your family, with your siblings, learn about what role you played in your family. We all have roles in mm-hmm. our families, mm-hmm. um, and is that role playing out in your other relationships? And does that is that helpful? You know, are you constantly the one who's helping everybody and making sure everybody's okay? And were you that person in your family? And if so, is this playing out in your relationships? And if so, is that serving you Mm -hmm. in the best way? Mm -hmm. So really taking the time to invest in yourself and understand Mm -hmm. and, and getting to know your values. What's important to you? You know, I think... In our community, so much of our values and our parents' values are so enmeshed with one another mm-hmm. that if you really want to start to understand your own self and what you want to bring to a relationship, you got to kind of dis- dislodge some of that to understand it. doesn't mean you get rid of it. It just means you need to figure out what you are about and what they are about and what is that you want to take from that mm-hmm. and what resonates with you and what doesn't, mm-hmm. you know? And that you can do in, in that process of really sitting with someone and talking with someone about that. So <clears throat> that, that's what I would say. And I would say, honestly, this is something that I never did. I don't think anybody ever does this. But if you have, if you have a relationship with your parents, whether they're separated or married, doesn't matter, have the conversation with them about marriage, Ask them questions about their marriage. Mm. You know, ask them what they have learned from the process of being married for X amount of years. What would they, what was it that they didn't know that they wish they had known?
0: Beautiful. I love that.
1: You know, this will give you such a perspective from two people who have either figured it out, which is wonderful because they're giving you experience that they've lived through, or they haven't, and it hasn't worked out, but that's just as much of a gift too because mm-hmm. you're learning what hasn't worked, which is just as important as what has worked. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to speak to, to parents and have this, and, and if not parents, extended family members, friends, you know, colleagues, coworkers, people that you've seen in your world that you can feel like you can ask these questions to. Mm-hmm. I think that's really beneficial and
0: can yeah. give you a different perspective. I have a a really close friend who didn't actually, you know, her parents got divorced Mm -hmm. and she didn't really get to see a happy marriage. And so what she did for a while was that she went to different families' houses for Shabbat Mm -hmm. and just kind of observed and learned what their dynamic was about Uh. and like how, you know, loving they were with one another so that she could get a sense of, okay, so what does this look like and Mm -hmm. what am i wanting to strive for Mm -hmm. that's beautiful and
1: how insightful of her to have that kind of awareness that i need to find other examples Mm -hmm. of healthy you know relationships Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely yeah and then for people who are in a relationship what would you um, uh for people who are are, i would say the first thing
1: is stop comparing your relationship to other people's relationships Mm -hmm. it's um like I said before, comparison is a, like, complete um, killer of all things, <laughs> joy mm-hmm. and gratitude, and just it it takes your focus off of what's really important. So that, I would say, just don't even compare. And if you're finding yourself needing to compare, and it's, like, something that you just keep going back to, it might be helpful to really understand Where that's coming from. Yeah. What is this need that I have that I'm always comparing myself to other people? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there'll be a lot of interesting things that come from that Mm -hmm. exploration. You know, I think vulnerability is really important. Whether you are single and dating or you're in a relationship, relationships can't deepen uh, unless you are open to sharing yourself. You have to be open to vulnerability, and that's assuming that you're feeling safe in that relationship, and you're feeling like you can be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And I think the other thing is be be okay with setting boundaries within your your relationship with each other, and also the world around you. Um, I think Persian Jewish people have no concept of what boundaries are. <laughs> Um, I'm serious like we don't even have a word for it like the only word we have is for borders like between countries it's a Mars but like that's not what we're talking about yeah so I think it's really it's a foreign it's a foreign concept and Mm -hmm. so much of our relationships with our people in the community is so intertwined and inter and and, and, in codependent and not always interdependent which Mm -hmm. is what you want. So
0: what's the difference between codependent and interdependent? So codependency is really this need for putting all of
1: your energy into helping, fixing, and being there for other people so that you get the love that you want Mm -hmm. and that you you need. Controlling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is... That is in somewhere in in the psyche of these, you know, codependent person's mind, they believe that if they are overexerting themselves, if they're pleasing the people in their lives to the nth degree, then somehow that makes them worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is very common with women, specifically. Women are like, you know, almost groomed to be codependent.
0: Yeah, I think especially in our community... I think Persian Jewish women, it's very normal for them to be codependent when it comes to emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think for the men, it looks like they're more codependent when it comes to like acts of service or money, Mm -hmm. like financial... Mm -hmm. financially like taking care of everybody Everybody. in the family or like you know making sure all the logistical things are always done and Mm -hmm. nobody has to worry about that stuff right I think for women it's more like emotional like oh don't be sad like you're gonna make me sad Mm -hmm. or like don't cry you don't need to cry like Mm -hmm. let me fix your emotions let me fix your experience yeah let me go out of my way and let me completely
1: disconnect from my own needs Mm -hmm. and what I need to feel secure and loved and safe Mm -hmm. and I'm going to just throw that out the window and I'm going to just focus all on you. Mm -hmm. So that's really the, the, the meat of codependency. Interdependency is, if you can imagine like two circles kind of co, kind of coexisting and there's a slight overlap. It's like a Venn diagram. Exactly. And there's a tiny part in the middle where you come together with your partner and you are two separate people Mm -hmm. with your own needs, your own desires, your own level of security within your life. But you come together in a very deep and meaningful way and your needs are not less important or more important than theirs. Mm -hmm. Their values are not more important than yours. There's a balance Mm-hmm. Really, it it doesn't feel lopsided, and you're not experiencing in your body a complete exhaustion mm-hmm. um, of constantly doing and being and being and being for someone else. So there's more of like an equilibrium that exists within. Beautiful. That. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, going back to the codependency thing, there are no boundaries with people who are, you know, codependent style, mm-hmm. they have none. They're like, yes, whatever you want, whenever you want, it's mm-hmm. just bring it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no, they can't say no, you know, it's that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. understanding that boundaries are really necessary and it's an act of love. It's not, I think we often confuse boundaries as being mean or like defiant or just rude and It has nothing to do with any of that. It's how you present it. And it's an act of love you're giving yourself. And you're essentially giving your partner a roadmap to you. Mm -hmm. You're saying like, this is me. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. This is what's, you know, comfortable for me. Here you go. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Beautifully You're making it easier on people when you give them these boundaries because they know exactly what to expect and what you need and what's okay and what isn't.
0: Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people think boundaries are barriers. Yeah, they're not. And so I'm curious to know how you separate the two. I look at them as windows. Like if you
1: were to look at a house, you know, um, if you have a house that's fully covered, like a concrete square, you know, that's a a barrier. That's a wall you have up. So Mm -hmm. you don't want anybody to come in Mm -hmm. and you're not coming out. Mm -hmm. You're protecting yourself. That's a protective thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Windows are these big bay windows that you can see through and doors too, that you open and you allow people in. You open the door yourself. They're not mm-hmm. just open. Mm-hmm. You know, you open the doors, you open the windows, you see out, people can see into who you are, but you uh, you get to decide which open and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge difference between having walls up and having your boundaries,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And I always just use that as a visual, like, is it a wall or is it a window and a door? <laughs> it's yeah, a big difference. Yeah, yeah, beautifully
0: said. Yeah. I have another question yeah. for you kind of on this. You mentioned the importance of intimacy and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in order to be sort of intimate and vulnerable, I think the relationship, like you said, needs to feel safe. And so what are some signs in a relationship mm-hmm. that it's a safe relationship? Um, It's a great question. I think um, one of the biggest gifts
1: I think we can give ourselves is listening to our guts, our gut instincts. And and little kids, if you're around little kids, they are very connected to that. And Mm -hmm. if they don't like something, they will be like, "Uh -uh," Mm uh-uh. You know, no thank you. And as we get older, we kind of start to... You know, excuse certain feelings we get or we've been taught to just, it's okay, you know, don't make such a big deal about it. It's fine. So I think really connecting to your intuition and if something doesn't feel right with the person you're with, listen to it. You may not like it, you know, because your mind is like, and your heart is like, oh, you know, you're all kind of feeling all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But if the gut is really telling you something, I would listen to that. I think if you can... Be yourself around that person, like all parts of yourself, like goofy, you know, just all parts of yourself in the sense that you don't feel like you have to edit or change or mold yourself into something you're not. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful indication that you can just be you mm-hmm. um, and that it's safe to be you there. Mm-hmm. I think when you feel safe with someone, you know that they are very careful with what you've given them as mm. your intimacy. Mm-hmm. They're they're taking care of it. They're not, you know, they're not sharing information with people that they shouldn't be. They're respecting your boundaries.
0: They're not throwing shit back in your
1: face. Right. They're not manipulating and like creating drama around things that you've... Sh- shared with them Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. these are all things and that's what I mean by intuition like if it feels like like why did they say that or why did they tell that person this thing that I just then that's kind of a sign that Mm -hmm. maybe this isn't you know or maybe there needs to be a conversation about that doesn't necessarily mean you need to end the relationship but totally you have a conversation, you establish a boundary, you hey, talk about you it. Hey, when you do this, does it make me feel safe? Exactly. And by the way, the other thing that I think is so important is the communication of being able to, to learn how to communicate with partners. Like, couples come in all the time and they have no idea... About how to communicate properly, and it's not something you're taught, Mm -hmm. unless you go to graduate school and then you're taught how to speak properly, you know, and how to communicate. But the average person doesn't know, especially
0: in Persian culture.
1: Oh no, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) oh God, no. So you know, know, like, like, but it's okay. Like, just I think understanding how, like, the tools of knowing. What an I statement means, how to express yourself without making the other person feel like they're being
0: attacked, Mm -hmm. you know. And for every couple, I feel like it's also different. Yeah. You know, what healthy communication, there's so many different versions of it. And what works for one couple may not work for another couple. That's true. That's true. And I think there's
1: also certain kind of like, um. I don't know, black holes that are like for sure black holes that if you get into, you know it's going to go down this black hole of a spiral of a mm-hmm. bad situation. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of communication and even arguments is that A, you're trying to be heard, you're trying to get un- you know understanding, and potentially you're trying to change a, an outcome of something. You're trying to resolve a conflict. So if the outcome is not... If you're not getting that, then something needs to change. And by the way, if, if, you know, people want a resource, the Gottmans, Mm -hmm. you know, are wonderful. They have so much wonderful information out there, so... If you go on their website, I think it's Gottman Institute. Yeah, um, they have lots of resources for people. Yeah, Um, they have a few really great
0: books too, like the Seven Principles of Happy Marriage. I think they just came out with another one. Mm -hmm. I think it's called like the Eight Dates. I think so. Yeah, like that. It's been really good. Yeah. They also have something called the Marriage Minute, which is Mm -hmm. like a daily email about like a marriage tip. Yeah. Um, They have a lot of really
1: yeah great resources. So and and it's all very easy to. Understand and follow Mm -hmm. and implement. So, I highly recommend if you are in a relationship and you're wanting to kind of learn more about this, that's a great place to start.
0: Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's recently gone through a breakup or saw their parents have a really nasty divorce? And is now sort of questioning whether they even want to get married. Not saying that getting married is like the holy grail Mm -hmm. and everyone should do it. And it's not for everyone. Right. But how do you know the difference between Mm -hmm. like, oh, this just isn't for me versus like maybe this is coming from a wound. Yeah. Type of thing.
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. I think a lot of people sometimes mistaken those experiences um, as a sign that they're not going to get married you know, or don't want to have a marriage in the future. So I think if you, you know, had a situation where you were in a, in, a rela- in a family whose parents did not have that most, you know, healthy relationship and that's creating a little doubt in you or maybe they just got divorced and you're wondering like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, I think that's a very natural reaction to have because mm-hmm. it's fear-based, you know, and it's like, well, I don't want that to happen to me. So how do I protect myself? I'm just not going to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, not everybody wants to go down that path. But if this was something you wanted before and now you're questioning it, then it's, it's pretty, you know, it could be that it's just based on this experience. And it would be helpful to really understand and lean into what exactly is, is creating this doubt in you. You know, Mm -hmm. talking to someone about um, the loss of your parents' marriage and that grieving process of that, that's that's a devastating loss for people.
0: Yeah, or your own relationship. Yeah, and what does that
1: mean for your future? Like, what does that mean for your own marriage if you should, you know, Mm -hmm. have one? What does that mean for your kids if you choose to have kids? So there's all these, like, ideas that are also lost with experiencing a divorce in the family and it creates, it brings up a lot of that. So my, my advice would be don't make any decisions when you're in that state. Mm. Um, It's really important to honor how you're feeling, make sure you're giving yourself enough time to grieve that loss, but also explore a little bit about, you know, what, why you're feeling like you have to change that, you know, that decision, it within such a short amount of time like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know you don't want to anymore mm-hmm. um, and I think if you've just come out of a relationship there's a mourning period that is required it's a loss yeah it's a death yeah you know you treat it that way mm-hmm. it's a death of not just the
0: person and the relationship but all the things that you thought about. All the fantasies, all the future, everything, and a version of yourself too—that yeah. who you were in that relationship Absolutely. and the whole world that you guys created. Right, it's and so many deaths, <laughs> so many deaths. And I
1: think a lot of times, a lot of people have a reaction to the idea of that more than the actual person that you know, they're not with anymore. Mm -hmm. So of course they're, you know, they're sad that they're not with that person anymore and it's devastating. But it's also that there was so much connected to that person. Mm -hmm. There was a story they had already created in their mind Mm -hmm. and now that story has ended. Mm -hmm. And how do I grieve this, you know? Um, So I would say, you know, spend some time grieving it. And give yourself some time to really process it. And what did you gain from the, from the
0: relationship? Just because
1: it's over doesn't mean it didn't teach you something.
0: Yeah, it doesn't mean it's a, it was a waste.
1: Not at all. I think we can find always something that we learned about ourselves. And I think if you can learn it and apply it to the next relationship in a positive way, then you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. It's not a loss. Mm-hmm. It was something that you could look at and say, okay, okay. Yeah. I gained this from that.
0: There's a quote that I love that says, if you left the relationship being a better person or a better version of yourself, Mm -hmm. then it was a win. Absolutely. I I for sure agree. And not all
1: relationships are meant to be last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to go through some to really understand what it is that you're, what you want and the best version of yourself that you could put forward Mm -hmm. for the future relationships.
0: I think it can also be helpful um, for someone who's kind of gone through a breakup or who thought they were going to marry someone and it didn't happen, mm-hmm. is to really, and if you're noticing just that you have maybe now an aversion to marriage mm-hmm. or future relationships, is to just write a list of all the associations that you have when mm-hmm. you think of the word marriage mm-hmm. or the concept of marriage, mm-hmm. and then sit down with someone and really you know see if they'll challenge you on that see if they'll validate you on that see where where it kind of lands absolutely Um, it's a belief system you know that we we develop over time whether it's from the
1: past or from relationships that have not you know that have ended Mm -hmm. that creates a story in your mind and like you said I think it's really important to just flush those out
0: yeah 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 um I like that idea it's a good one (laughs) In our community as Jewish Iranians, there are a lot of like you said rules and formulas for what's going to create a successful marriage or successful life. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the best of intentions, but those formulas don't always work for it's not a, you know a one fits all kind yeah. of solution. Of course. So, I'm curious to know for you, what is one rule that you've broken in the Jewish Iranian community and what did you learn or gain from breaking that rule?
1: When I was in my 20s, um, you know, it was like, okay, it's time to get married. And, you know, you're going to go on these blind dates. And, you know, this was way before all the apps were out. So people were, like, constantly setting people up. And, and, you know, I went on them because I was like, okay, you know, this is another way to meet people. But there was another side, which was that I was dating whoever I wanted to date. um, And my parents didn't know. I was mm-hmm. like all about the like stealthy you know <laughs> um, dating and I, and I cho- and I knew that it was not something that was approved of, but I didn't care. Um, and I just went, went ahead with it because I knew that if I didn't, I would not be able to forgive myself for it. I spent, you know, I dated, I lied, I was like, I'm going to be with so-and-so, and and I was not, you know, (laughs) and I mean, you know, I don't know if my parents knew. I feel like they probably did, and they just kind of were like, okay, whatever, we're going to just pretend like we don't know, but I'm really glad I did, because I, like I said, I think it was something that, and I learned a lot from these relationships, Mm -hmm. a lot, you know, about myself, about, things that are important to me, things that aren't important to me. It really like validated a lot of things that I needed validation about. And Mm -hmm. I also was like, eh, you know, maybe this isn't as important as I thought it was. So I think just following that, your heart and your gut and knowing that it's not going to lead you down the wrong path, even though some people may say it is, it wasn't, it was no no harm done. It -hmm. was a very positive experience for me beautiful yeah thank yeah. you so much yeah. for being this here this was so fun thank I you for enjoyed having it me. so much Me too. and
0: I'm curious to know how our listeners can get more of you or contact you thank you
1: yeah so I'm on Instagram um, my handle is healing with Hava and then I also um, I have an email address if anyone wants to contact me it's um, Hava B and then my last name Rahimian at gmail.com Um, so yeah that's where you can find me and um, it would be great to connect with all of you guys would love to hear from you
0: love it thank you for having me thank you so fun love you love you hey chaya fam thank you so much for listening feel free to take a screenshot of this episode on your phone tag us at chaya underscore community and let us know what you learned this episode is brought to you by chaya community a sacred space for jewish iranians to experience meaningful connections and deepen their sense of self. See you next time.